What's up, everybody? I hope you're having an awesome, amazing, fantabulous day. My name is Breanne, and welcome to Abba's Girls Podcast. Here, you're going to get Christian tools for the father's daughter. So hopefully you are the father's daughter or son. You know, we're not that gender specific around here. Um, But we got some tools, some resources, and specifically here, we got some talk just for you. So each week I focus on something. Um, And as you guys know, if you're a returner, thank you so much for returning to my podcast. If this is your first time tuning in to me, thank you for joining me. Um, A lot of my social media you can find under uh, Girls stop that's g-i-r-l-s-t-o-p girl stop searches on youtube um twitter facebook and instagram um hashtag girl stop or hashtag girl stop brianne and we will pull up um if you don't know for those of you don't know girl stop and opus girls are going through this transition right now so that's why the names are a little different but the content and the greatness is still the same actually it's different too because we're going to new levels right so each week i focus on something and this week i wanted to focus on the fact that it is sexual harassment awareness month if you didn't know it totally is however i don't feel like I need to bring any more awareness to the fact that people are being sexually harassed at alarming rates, that there's a lot of sexually inappropriate and sexual misconduct happening in the workplace, um, in home, in the home environment, um, at school, in schools and um, in, in Hollywood and professional spaces and places. So I don't really think that we need to be made any more aware than what we already have been. On the, I feel like we're kind of on a decline or a transition away from the hashtag Me Too movement, but it does not mean that the matters that that came alive from the Me Too meaning are any less important, right? So this particular podcast is not going to focus on the issue at large. We know that it's an issue. We know that it's a problem, and we also know that it's prevalent. It's one of those things that's kind of like sneaky. Um, I think it's probably the best word to use, like sneaky and deceptive. So it's, you know, behind closed doors, you know, it's out of the limelight. It's, you know, um, it's away from the mainstream news, even though it has gotten a lot of attention, specifically sexual harassment. I've done some studies on this and um, the term sexual harassment refers to sexual inappropriateness in the workplace. So specifically um, you know, someone being harassed on their job from a superior or a peer or someone um, in that work environment. And so the different types of terms between, you know, like rape, sodomization, molestation, um, those types of things happen based on the context. Um, so in lieu of my own story, again, if this is your first time and you've never heard me before, you never, you don't know anything about me. Maybe you have heard me before, but you, you know, just haven't got up on my story. I wrote a book last year called Letters to My Molester. And in that story, which it's not actually a fictional story, it's actually like my life. <laughs> um, but in that work, I discuss my journey to forgiveness and gratitude toward this, to this place of freedom as I walk that out, correct? So using my story, bringing in my experiences with this topic, what I wanted to talk to you guys today about was specifically the aspect of manipulation. Because a lot of people don't understand, you know, a lot of people like to victim blame, you know, they like to say like, oh, well, why didn't she just walk away? Or why didn't she scream? Or why didn't she tell? Why didn't she report? Why didn't she? 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 
so much blame on the victim, so much, you know, finger pointing at the victim, not understanding where the victim comes from or how the victim could even get in that situation. I've seen plenty of tweets, plenty of debates, arguments, hashtag, you name it about people, you know, saying, well, if she didn't have on the skirt, if she wasn't drunk or she shouldn't have been in that situation or it was always her fault, not ever assessing the perpetrator and their fault and I don't want to say you know specifically his wrong because I understand that there are some female perpetrators in this world as well when I when we focus on the aspect of manipulation in this regard we are thinking about talking about discussing the mind people who have had sex before and people who haven't you know you know that sex is a very physiological but it's also a very mental thing right because it affects you in more than just your body there is a connection between the soul so if think about think about your um consensual sexual experiences right like you chose to you were comfortable with you were okay you felt safe um for whatever reason you decided to do what it is you did at that particular time now think about someone not getting the right to choose to to Um, engage in that action or, you know, to surrender their body or their body parts to that action. Now let's take a step before that. Let's set up the perpetrator, right? So when we set up the perpetrator, perpetrators, and when I'm saying perpetrators in this sense, I'm talking about the people who committed the act, who committed the crime, who were the sexual harassers, um, who were the sodomizers, who were the rapists, who were the molesters, right? One thing that all of them, I believe, have in common is this aspect of manipulation. They took advantage of a situation of a person that was either vulnerable to them in some way um, that they felt like they could get an advantage over or they felt like they um, could manipulate even not the person. They could manipulate the situation. So think about the if, if you've never been raped or molested or sodomized before. I just want to put you in the shoes of someone who has and how this aspect of manipulation makes them a very vulnerable and accessible population. This is what I mean. If you think about children who've been sexually sodomized, molested, raped, whatever, they were probably in a home that they weren't given a whole lot of attention to. Um, They could have been molested or raped by um, um, a family member that was in the home with them. So no one knew what was going on in the home. You know, they could have been silenced or muted in some way by those actions. They could have been manipulated and told, you know, if if you don't let me do this to you, I'm going to do it to someone else in the family. Or if you tell on me, you know, I'm going to tell them it was all your fault. Or, you know, they could have been made to think that they were to blame or they were imperfect or they weren't enough. They weren't worthy, whatever. There's a lot of different ways you can manipulate a vulnerable mind when you think about children. Now, when you think about like an adult to adult encounter where someone has taken advantage of another person's body, um, Let me just interject this right here. I was scrolling on Twitter the other day and this guy tweeted and I don't think he understood the magnitude of what he said, even though I've heard this my whole life. I read it with a whole different set of eyes. He said, if you get the mind, the body will follow. And I thought about this. I'm going to repeat it again. He said, if you get the mind, the body will follow. And I thought about that. I was like, wow, that is such a rapist mentality that if I manipulate you, if I control you, if I take advantage of you or this situation by your mind, I can have your body. You know, so let's think about the extreme cases of a random stranger, you know, um, 
finding somebody in the back alley and raping them. Okay, well, you've manipulated you that situation by overpowering them. You you went for the situation. You didn't get their mind. You went for your their perceived power or weakness and you overpowered them. It's kind of like a predator and their prey. But the, the cases of sexual harassment, molestation, rape and sodomy and all these other things that go on, they actually statistics say they are more. Uh, proximate, like people who you know, pe- they aren't random cases of random people. There are, you know, the drunk kids at the party that, you know, he takes advantage of her or she takes advantage of him, whatever. But most cases of these types of acts are by people who are known and well known, which means there was a manipulative relationship or time to uh, persuade that individual or sway them or position them. For me, um, my personal situation was a, a mass manipulation. Um, if you, I did write a book and you can purchase it at www.opusgirls.net. That's A-B-B-A-S-G-R-R-L-S dot N-E-T. Um, but if you go to the website, you can purchase that. It's called Letters to My Molester. In my story, I talk about how, um, first of all, I was a youth pastor, but I talk about how, I was deceived in my mind about who he was before he ever touched my body. Like he, I remember the things that he would say, the words of mine, he would twist even when um, it was time to come forward with all this and say and speak out and blah, blah, blah. I remember how he would twist my words or how he would twist words to make me believe things that I thought that they were okay and they weren't. Um, not, not knowing that until later, you know, in life and a, and a lot of people can say, you know, well, you should have known and, uh, you were so smart and you were so this, how did you not know? It's easy to be manipulated. If you don't know you're being manipulated, it's easy to be told, to be vulnerable, uh, to be open and to be available. And when you think about the dynamics of family, of people that are close and people who have uh, positions of authority, especially over children or young girls, it's easy to be any of those things because you are vulnerable. You are open. You are available. When I say the word manipulation, I'm thinking about, I am referring to rather words that I'm I'm referring to not just words, but words and or actions in conjunction that try to control, that try to handle typically in a very skillful, deceitful manner. People who are serial rapists or serial manipulators, serial molesters, they are tactful. They are strategic. They know what they're doing. I don't think that we give their issue enough credit because... They know all of the steps. They know the people who won't believe. They know the type of prey they even want, actually. I even wrote about that in my book that I I realized there was a a pattern that this man followed. And it wasn't until after. Of course, I wasn't in it. But, you know, the, the purpose of the manipulation is to control or influence the person or the situation in some sort of clever and unfair way because that person is trying to get an advantage that they know they don't have rightful access to. My issue with rapists and molesters and people who take advantage of other people sexually, I always wonder, like, there's so many people in this world that are willing to do that without you having to force. Like, why? There's so many. You can even you can pay is illegal, but you literally could go like pay somebody to have sex with you or to fulfill your nasty and vile sexual desires. Like, why would you need to take 
advantage of somebody. And I and I learned through through studying and reading and um growing in this area that that is actually a part of the sexual desire. First of all, the hunt, the chase, because there's a prey that they're after. I think that there is a taking of the innocence and the vulnerability. I think that's why people like children, because um, that is a part of the twisted system by which they gratify their sexual desires. I am in no way whatsoever at all justifying their actions. But I think, you know, the Bible talks about how we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, right? So I think if we educate ourselves on some of the signs, some of the symptoms, some of the ways that these manipulators, these, uh, these sexual predators are maneuvering in their tactics, I think that we can be more successful in spotting and stopping them head on. Now, of course, um, we are, you know, God-fearing people and we believe that um, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we also believe that we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. So we are also fighting a spiritual front first because we know that, you know, um, things are spiritual first, then natural. So we are warring against and pouring against those spirits and those things that seek to come against us or attack us. Um, so when we're thinking about this spirit of manipulation, um, this this deceptive and clever and vile spirit, this cunning, um, we have to wise up as, as sons and daughters of God. Like we have to be wise. And the Bible talks about how we have to be watchful and pray like I didn't know that that's what was up against me when it was up against me. I didn't know that that was something that I needed to be watchful and praying for because by golly, like that was my youth pastor. I did not think that that was a wolf in sheep's clothing. I did not know that that was even a thing. Um, I grew up in this ministry. I grew up with these people. You know, I did not feel threatened in any way, shape, form or fashion. Um, and later on into life, I, it, it, it created in me some mm, apprehensions and some fears that I had to get over, but I don't want that to win in your life. If you have been sexually, um, sexually touched inappropriately without your consent, if you have been raped, molested, sodomized, anything to that nature, um, I want you to be healed. I want you to be happy and I want you to be whole. I know that this is not an easy conversation for most people. A lot of people actually end up spectating this conversation. They're like, oh my gosh, like I didn't really want to talk about that. Or I didn't really know, you know, um, that that was like a thing. And I know that's a thing, but it's like a really touchy, sensitive thing. And I don't want to talk about it. Um, so they end up spectating these conversations as opposed to being a participant or gaining from this. But what I want for you specifically who have been hurt or affected and impacted by the situation in some way. I want you to be delivered. I want you to be set free. I want you to separate the pain and the hurt of and I, of that experience. And I want you to be able to enjoy um, your sexuality. I want that for you. Um, I believe that God can do it. And I'm saying that because I know he did it for me. So I wouldn't be telling you anything that I have not walked out already. If you need to, like, I really believe that you should get that book. Um, my book, because it will give you language, voice and freedom and words to walk through that um, as a as a spectator of my situation. But what I've been told from people who've read it, that it gives them um, it gives them a different perspective and it also gives them a connection to give voice to their situation. 
So I want that for you. Um, additionally, um, I also want for those of you who have not been impacted by the situation, but you're curious, you want to know more or you want to be educated or you want to help. Right. Um, because possibly maybe it's your daughter or maybe it was your sister or maybe it was your cousin or maybe it was your roommate or maybe it was your teammate or your coworker. I don't know. Um, but first of all, let me say this. I guarantee there's probably some woman in your circle, like statistically who has been touched inappropriately. As sad as that is, it's probably very true. And you want to be able to help. Well, let me just give you a couple of tips because I'm pretty good at those. <laughs> let me just give you a couple of tips on how to help them. First of all, if they are open to you about the situation, if they're comfortable talking to you about that situation, always be available to listen. Sometimes they need to listen. Sometimes what they're going to say, it doesn't make sense. It may not add up and it may hurt you, you know, just to listen. It may crush you on the inside, but just be available to listen. Be their diary. Do not, do not, cannot stress this enough. Do not disclose what they tell you. Do not share that, even if it doesn't make sense, unless they are still in the situation where they are being hurt, please walk through them, walk through that healing process with them. Um, do not create deeper and more scars unless again, unless they are still currently being, um, sexually, uh, abused in some way. All right. Um, again, I think that if they trust you, you have to keep that open line of communication and trust because they may not trust anybody else. And we don't know if this is the last time they may not ever trust anyone again. And you don't want them to shut down and seal hardness over that place of hurt and brokenness. All right. The next thing that you could ever forever do and, and that you should always do is pray for them. Be you don't have to have this elaborate prayer life or you don't have to be an ordained minister or a priest or someone who's astute in this walk with God. But if you call out their name before God in sincerity, I, I guarantee you, you are allowing the angelic host and everyone else that God has um, watching over them, covering them and everything and the power that prayer makes available for them there and they need that support right I think it does me so much justice being able to call you know my family call different relatives and they'd be like you know this happened in my life and I just know you're praying for me and I'd be like yeah I am praying for you and I told you that power is made available for you so I'm happy that you got it right so anyway um you got to cover them in prayer um, because that's not your battle or your burden to carry alone. If somebody trusts you with that type of information, you got to go to God with that because you will sit and try to muse it in your mind and make sense of it and, you know, rationalize it or feel bad for them. But that's not going to change them or their situation. You have to put godly power um, and dominion behind around and pleading the blood of Jesus over that situation. All right, because that is. Um, a life altering situation and there is deliverance and freedom and healing by the blood of the cross. But we have to connect the two. You can't just have this broken, wounded animal that you don't take to the hospital because you can't get the benefits of the hospital. Right. Unless a part of that hospital comes to them in the form of an ambulance, which would then be you. However, it is still your job to transport them to even greater help through prayer. You can do that. All right. So I want to know or see you rather praying for them. And if you need help, if you need prayers, if you need affirmations, if you need assistance, please send me a DM, an email, a voice message, whatever. You can go on my website and submit prayer requests, whatever you need. I am here for you because I want to live my life to see women healed, happy and whole. That's like 
totally what I care about. All right. Totally passionate about that. So those, that two, those two things. And then the last thing you can do is be consistent with those people. Um, those people, um, and not to put them down and saying those people, but people who've been impacted by such situations, they have a myriad of emotions. They are sometimes mentally unstable. They have triggers that they do and don't know about. So, you know, you could possibly hit a trigger that you didn't know that was there that they didn't know that was there so you have to be consistent and patient toward those people as they walk out that process some people's processing is different you know just like you know if two people who weigh different things who live different parts of the world who who enact in different lifestyles break the same bone their healing processes are going to be different because we are individuals you can be given the same um, method, uh, to recovery, but some people take longer to recover from the very same things because we're all unique. So because we don't know, and we definitely don't want to put a time limit or any pressure on that healing process, be patient toward them. Like if you can't sign up for the journey, please suggest, well, you should suggest that they get professional help anyway, but if you can't sign up to be a friend or to walk them along that journey, if you feel like that's going to be too much, please do not open that Pandora's box of vulnerability only to shut them out and shut them down. I remember, and I actually talked about this in one, in in the book that I wrote, there was a coach who opened up to me about her girls. And she was telling me how all of them had said and came out that they experienced these, um, these sexually inappropriate things. However, she was like, well, how, how am I supposed to know that, you guys aren't lying and how am I supposed to differentiate from those of you who just want attention versus those of you who actually have went through something. And then she was actually baffled. She was like, and they never opened up to me again. And I was like, would you expect them to you just, they just came to you with their truth and you questioned their truth and called them a lot to their face. I think that was the biggest insult for me as I was journeying through the different parts of my situation. People calling me a liar to my face. Like, I'm telling you this is what happened to me. I'm telling you this how it went down. I'm telling you that this was my heart of sincerity toward the matter. I didn't even, I was a virgin. I didn't even know what was happening to me. I didn't, had no clue, but I'm still being penalized as if I am to blame. So now you're assigning me all of this shame and then you're calling me a liar. And on top of that, you're betraying me because you're turning your back on me. You don't want to talk to me. You're disgusted with me. So now you're assigning all of these other things to my reputation and my character that aren't there. And I and I'm left to deal with this on top of the hurt, on top of the abuse, on top of rationalizing and making sense of that. I got all of this extra stuff that in which uh, none of it I asked for. So don't be the coach, right? Don't be that coach. Don't shut people down. Even if it doesn't make sense, their story or whatever, don't shut people down. Go to God in prayer because people who are sincere and being healed and happy and whole, they are going to be after that. Even if it it is a rocky journey and even if it, it hurts, they are going to try their best. People who are attention seeking and lying, they either die out I've seen it happen a couple of different ways. They die out with their story. Their story changes way too much. Um, Or they if you don't give them like the attention that they want from being, you know, from whatever story they've concocted, whatever, they will go to and fro looking for somebody to feed that attention need, which 
which I've also found is if people are trying to fill attention needs, they will hop on or say or do anything to fulfill that need. It doesn't just have to be using that particular story. So I've noticed there's like a patience and a long suffering toward those people who, who tend to have a more consistent story and who, you know, have actually been through some of these things. Um, so you don't have to get caught up. If you're a spectator, a bystander or somebody looking to be educated, you don't have to be the judge of whether or not they are fabricating a story, exaggerating a story, lying about a story. And you also don't have to be the measure of whether their story is worthy or not, because I I continued in dialogue with this coach that I'm mentioning. And she was like trying to put a label on what was considered in her opinion, abuse or not basically. So, so to break this down in an example, um, it would be saying that, you know, let's say that, you know, somebody stuck something inside a girl's vagina versus six or seven guys gang raping a girl. So she kind of had in her mind, this perspective, this spectrum of what was considered worse or worthy or, uh, or not of, of attention for abuse. I have come to the conclusion that if someone confesses that they are hurt or they have been hurt by a situation, whether male or female, we don't get to decide if it's worthy of our attention or not. We, we also don't get to decide if they are actually hurt. That is not our position. Our position is whether they're telling the truth or whether they are lying is to point them into the best and professional help that they need, making sure that their body's okay, you know, that it had they haven't contracted any disease or anything like that. We have a we are what's considered mandated reporters at that moment to do the best by the situation that we can. And we leave that up to them because again, if they are guilty of lying or again, manipulating the situation for attention. Um, there are some processes I believe that they will die out from. I I believe that plea for attention, the, the, the sexual, uh, misconduct and abuse is way too deep and it, and it goes to way too many levels of your identity for you to hold on to a lie that long. And if you're that adamant about lying, Um, about such a situation. Well, God rest your soul because you have to live with the repercussions of somebody finding out that you're lying, somebody proving that you're lying, um, or the, you have a whole lot of other deeper issues to go adamantly about lying, um, pertaining to a situation like that, knowing the fight that a lot of women have had, um, to not only find their voice, but also to find freedom in this area. So again, I, if, if you are the friend or a relative or a loved one to someone who is walking out that journey, I think those are the best three things you can do for them is to make sure they have the help and support that they need. Um, cover them in prayer might be a little fasting in there. Um, and, and I'm saying more than a little, because I know I had people praying and fasting on my behalf and then also be consistent as, as they, as they let out and express and, and recall. Sometimes it's even like a struggle to even recall cause you black out having to recall the moment and heal and get that out. You have to be consistent as all of these inconsistent feelings and emotions and thoughts and, and, and things come up as they walk out this healing journey. So I am clearly um, careful 
when I have the conversation. I am clearly um, concerned that there's not enough conversations being had. And I'm also um, very compassionate on those that I have to have the conversation with. So if that is you in either side of the, of the spectrum of being, you know, touched inappropriately, experienced sexual harassment, you've been manipulated, or if you wonder if you're being manipulated, um, let's have that conversation. And also if you are the friend, family, relative or of loved one of someone who is walking out that journey and you need help, you need assistance, you need a current encouragement to continue that journey. Please let me know again, guys, my DMS are open. My email is open. My voice message box is open. You can leave a comment rating, whatever you need. Let's get healed happy and whole. All right. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with me to listen to Abba's Girls podcast. Hopefully you'll take some tools that you learned today and run the world and run the course and do your best with them. But I love you. So I will hear from you. You will hear from me very, very, very soon. See you guys back on Thursday. And until next time, guys, peace, love and hair grease.